Yoga Nidra is said to be even deeper than sleep. It, it's working at a deeper level. So there's a chance for stuff that has been stuffed down and we've put a lid on that even dreams won't release, that when we lift that lid off, that stuff starts to get cleared out of the system. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Oh, goodness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Radically Loved Radio. I am joined by a very special guest today. Dr. Kamini Desai is with us, and I keep meaning to add that clap track, guys. I'm working on it. Um, but I am just, I'm so excited to have you on. There's so many things I want to talk to you about. And really, I will just call out the main reason why I wanted you here is totally self-serving because I have questions and I want you to tell us all of your secrets. And um, I'm just really, I'm just really honored to, to have you on the show and to, to chat with you today. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you. It's a great pleasure. Love your energy. Thanks. So, you know, one of the, one of the, so we're currently in uh, quarantine. There is a global pandemic going on right now. There is a lot of anxious people, a lot of frenetic energy, a lot of uh, anxiety. And one of the main things that has helped me in my journey with PTSD and growing up in a really chaotic environment and you know, being, you know, growing up around gang violence and just a lot of chaos. Meditation and yoga were my saving grace. They're what helped me connect to a deep sense of grounding and safety within myself. And years later, when I started to practice yoga nidra, that really sort of brought it all together. Like the whole culmination of the practice really began to make sense. Not that it didn't make sense before, but it really did something that I can't, I can't even articulate, you know, like it, there, sometimes I lose the words and I'm like, I can't even explain this. And for the last handful of years, I've been uh, teaching a lot of yoga nidra. I've, I, there was a moment in time where I just was teaching yoga nidra. And, and then I was like, that's all I want to teach. I just want to teach nidra. And, and then I remembered, I'm like, well, we do need all the, you know, we need, we need movement. We need breath. We need pranayama. We need meditation. You know, we need everything. And so I, I read your book, um, Yoga Nidra, The Art of Transformational Sleep, which I have here. And it's all highlighted in here. As you can see, those of you watching this can, oh, hold on, let me see. There's so many entries in here and it's, this book has completely changed my um, perspective on what yoga actually is. And I want to thank you for that because 
I know that you, I, this is your life's work and I know this is part of your lineage and where you come from. And, and I want you to just speak to all of the things. I know I gave you a lot. I'm just going to stop talking now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. And I love that you're so enthusiastic about yoga and yoga nidra as an aspect of yoga, because I'm like you, I'm with you there is definitely a place for the physical aspect of yoga and we need it. It's the foundation. It's like setting the foundation of your house. And, you know, when your body feels good, you're getting your brain and your biochemistry and everything in the right place uh, as a foundation for everything else. That said, there's something about yoga nidra that works at a pre-verbal level. I love that you said, I can't describe it because it is working at a level that is beyond the conscious mind you come out, you know that something has changed, but it's very difficult to articulate what that even is because it's from beyond our efforting and doing. And that's the thing that I love about it, that you know, so much of what we do comes from this assumption, I have to work hard to get results. And Yoga Nidra works on the exact opposite principle, which is the less you do, the more shifts happen. And both work, but let's also use this non-doing principle of letting go and letting the change happen. Yeah. And so that's one, one of the most poignant things that I took away from the book. In, in the beginning, you talk about how we're so driven. We're a results-driven culture. We're results-driven society. We always want to be, I'm doing air quotes, like doing something. We want to feel like we're doing something. And that's why I feel like, and you talk about this in the book, but a lot of people have a hard time with meditation or something like yoga nidra, because if you're not doing something that you feel like you're not doing anything, right? So especially when we're in a place that we're at now, I mean, we're in the middle of this global pandemic and we can't be doing stuff, right? We're, we're forced to slow down. What has been your experience during this time right now? And how do you see this playing a role in our, in our health, our overall health? Well, I think that, you know, of course, anything that comes across our path, we can see it as an obstacle or an opportunity. And, you know, we can see the negative and freak out about it, which I'm sure we all have had our moments. And then we all shift back to, well, hang on a minute, there's a huge opportunity here. And one of them, I believe, is that so many of us have been in this doing, 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 doing mode that we don't even question, well, what am I doing for and do I need to do? You know, and finally, we can't do. And all of a sudden, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing is I didn't even need to be all that busy. I didn't need to be rushing around the way that I was. And that there's a huge opportunity here for us to kind of look at ourselves in the mirror and go, do I need to be doing that? Or have I just done it automatically and reflexively out of habit? So that's one of the the opportunities. I think another one is it's an opportunity to, um, to face our own aloneness, you know? And sometimes when we come into that aloneness, we come in feeling lonely. We have those moments where we're good, we're fine, we're fine. And all of a sudden we just hit like a pocket of despair or loneliness or, or feeling something come up from within. And it's often at those moments where it, in regular life, we could go out, we could go out with our friends, we could distract ourselves, we could do something to get away from it, but now we can't. 
Mm-hmm. So now we're left with ourselves, but that's the opportunity. That's where a practice like yoga and yoga nidra comes in that rather, rather than moving away from those uncomfortable places within to sit with it, to go inside and rather than cover up that feeling of, of loneliness uh, with something outside to, to heal it from within. Yes. Oh, I love that. Well, and just to kind of go back, I know we just jumped right in, but for the people that are listening to this, that don't know what yoga nidra is, do you want to just give us a brief description of what yoga nidra is? Absolutely. So yoga nidra is a sleep-based meditation technique. Um, It really rides on the biology of your body. So every night when we fall asleep, we drop down through different brain waves. And right before you fall asleep, we enter the alpha brainwave state where your thoughts naturally move further away from you. And it's in that gap between us and our thoughts that we actually are able to slide into sleep. But in yoga nidra, what we do is we follow those brain waves down and we rest in that gap, that biological gap really between us and our thoughts. So that rather than efforting to meditate, meditation happens naturally. Yeah. Wow. Do you hear that guys? Everybody needs to do this. And this is the thing. So, and everybody can practice this, right? Like every single person. That's why I'm such a cheerleader for this, seriously, because, you know, there are so many people who are involved with yoga or who, who see people practicing yoga who think, well, I, could, I can't do yoga. Yoga is not for me. I, I can't wear the outfit. I can't touch my toes. They deselect themselves. Um, but if you can lie down and not fall asleep, you can do yoga nidra. Even if you do fall asleep, you're still getting a lot of the benefits. So suddenly it opens up the value and the, and the benefits of yoga nidra to everybody, which is what I love about it. Yeah. You know, why, why is it in our society that sleep is, is almost seen as a hindrance? And I know that not everybody feels like that, but doesn't it seem like in society, especially here in, in, in the U.S., right? It's sleep is such a, like a hindrance, like I know. It's, it's part of that culture of overdoing, isn't it? Like if, yeah. you know, we don't get rewarded, we get rewarded for like doing more and overworking. And really like you tell people how overwhelmed you are in a certain way, you get respect for being stressed out and overwhelmed. You know, you don't get respect for saying, oh, I had, you know, I slept and left last night. <laughs> You know, I took good care of myself. And on one level, yes, we are rewarded. But on another level, really what gets rewarded behind the scenes is, oh, she's working really hard. Oh, she's really stressed out. That's what what, what gives us that badge of honor in a certain way. Mm -hmm. So we tend to dismiss like the rest, restoration, the non-doing aspects of life in favor of what's going to get us the acknowledgement. But in the end, we kind of end up running our energy reserves lower and lower and lower. One of the things I think of is non-doing or restoration is currency. And the more that you relax, the more currency you have to do. But if you keep, you know, depleting your currency and never rebuilding it, at some point, we're going to burn out, be exhausted and, and overwhelmed and wonder why. But it's just because we never actually rebuilt our currency through that true restoration. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It, I mean, to me, it's hard because I'm a convert, right? Um, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, and I, I want to speak to the sort of the different facets of yoga as, as a whole, but specifically yoga nidra, because it is something that can be extremely powerful. And it is also known to be a spiritual practice, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's its beauty. So really what it's doing, and especially in these, you know, global pandemic times, this is so important that, you know, as we get pulled forward into our thoughts and emotions, we tend to forget that there is an abiding eternal awareness that we are. It's like the sky behind the thoughts and emotions. And the more that we uh, get drawn into the thoughts and drawn into the reactions, the more we tend to forget, wait a minute, there's a part of me that's always at peace, that's always accessible, that's always okay. And I can access that anytime, anyplace, anywhere. That's what Yoga Nidra is. It's being able to go to those spaces on demand as you need it. So that's, that's powerful in these times. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I feel like for a lot of us, we spend so much time in the waking state, in that awakeness, alertness, you know, taking things in, overwhelming the mind that we are so depleted and we think, oh, now here's another thing I have to do, right? Here's an exactly now that I have to put on my list now. Okay, now uh, Rosie and Kamini are saying that I need to do yoga nidra. Put that on my list, and I almost feel like it's the antithesis of listing. Right? Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> it. It's saying you know, do do less, let go of that, and so you know, I think the two of us are officially giving permission to truly let go, to really dare to let your body get the deep rest and restoration that it needs. And that's the opportunity of this time, you know, if we don't miss it. Yeah. You know, I have a, a couple of questions that I, I wanted to ask you um, just to hear like your opinion, your expertise, obviously you're a, a doctor and I think that that's amazing. I want you to just tell us all the things and we'll do whatever you say. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I, and this is something that I teach, you know, and I, I lead, uh, you know, short form trainings on, on this. And I know that you, you do as well. You do the longer forms certification processes. Um, these are a couple of questions that some of my students have had, and I, I'm curious to hear what your responses are to this, but what are the effects of, of yoga nidra? Does it lessen the efficacy of the practice for people, for example, that are on SSRI drugs, like um, antidepressants type of thing, like Selexa, Lexapro, Prozac, um, SSRIs are selective serotonin uh, rebutate inhibitors, I think that's right. Yeah, no, yeah, it's not going to, it does not affect, if anything, it just supports um, whatever medications that you may be on that you may need. So the body is a pharmacy in and of itself. It knows what it's receiving from the outside and whatever it can do to support um, it, it, it will. So really what you're doing, and that's the great thing about yoga nidra, as you go into these states, it's naturally releasing serotonin, it's naturally releasing oxytocin that gives you a feeling of trust and connection and bonding. Serotonin gives you that feeling of connect, connection, uh, contentment rather. Um, you know, so all of these are endorphins are released that gives you an intense feeling of well-being. It, it, endorphins also naturally manage pain. So these are all going to be naturally released in, in your body to the degree that you need it. So if you've already are supplementing with a medication that you need, your body already knows that is, and is just going to automatically rebalance accordingly. Yeah. I mean that, yes, I thank you for answering that from a doctor perspective, because I, I can feel and sense and, and 
say the same thing. I'm not, this is not, I'm not a fan of people telling other people to get off medication. I think that that's really irresponsible. So that's not what we're doing here at all. And, and actually you're giving the response that I would hope you would give is, is that this practice is really going to help support wherever you are on your journey. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, it, this kind of brings something else up and I'm another cu curious question. Is there, can you practice yoga nidra wrong? You know, I don't think that there is a wrong way to do it. You know, it's just like when you go to a, into a yoga class, every single experience is going to be different. But look, mm -hmm. if you show up with the intent of practicing yoga, you're going to get something different every single time. But the fact that you just showed up is giving you the benefit of having done it. You know, <laughs> even if it's just kind of pointing yourself in the direction of connecting with your inner self in order to nourish that part of you, then whatever happens during that time, you let go of the results. So I don't know that you can actually do it wrong. Okay. That's good to know. Uh, here's another question. This is from one of my uh, teacher trainees. These, these gals are really into the, the philosophical text. Just, you know, they really, they really love uh, learning, you know, and from the different schools as well. I, I'm a big fan of let's learn from as much areas and schools as we can, you know, from the Himalayan masters to uh, the Bihar school, you know, just try and expand sure. yeah. all of the, the different um, modalities. Um, we've read and we've learned in texts that yoga nidra happens at the heart. Why? Yeah. So, um, I mean, you could, you can place it in different places where yoga nidra is happening, but if, if we were going to go with yoga nidra happens at the heart. Um, so I'm just going to say that my style, that my style of yoga nidra, the one that I practice, I am yoga nidra is energy based. So keeping that in mind, I'm going to speak to the heart this way. It doesn't mean that there aren't other ways to say it. Um, so we are all, we're embodied, but what enlivens and animates this body is the energy of the source or prana or chi, you could call it. That energy of the source primarily, even though it comes in into all areas of the body via the chakras, the primary uh, collector or conduit of this universal force into the body is the heart. So it is not only the channel of this spirit force into the body, it's also the return channel for, of the spirit force back to the source. So because yoga nidra is all about reconnecting with your source nature, that's what I, why I would say that probably many traditions say it's connected to the heart because that's kind of like your channel in and out. So good. That's so It's good. great stuff, isn't it? That is yeah. so, so good. Uh, you know, and this is for me, like I was saying in the beginning, has been such a, an incredible source of energy. And it's really been something that has helped fuel me, especially the last couple of years. I've been in a state of uh, extreme depletion. You know, I've, I've been going through an infertility journey. I've been completely, you know, it's so funny. I always laugh because I'm like, here's the yoga teacher totally depleted and drained, right? Which I want, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, but I, the only thing that had been able to up, up until now bring me and restore me back to a state of feeling pranically full has been yoga nidra. Mm -hmm. 
I'm with you. And, and look, you know, I think I really appreciate, and I think it's really important that as yoga teachers, we tell the truth. You know, I, I don't think it's realistic to say, well, a yoga, need, a yoga teacher will never get depleted. That's, that's not human. <laughs> but what we can say and what we can start to recognize and what the yoga is teaching us is to recognize, wait a minute, I am depleted that you can feel it, that you actually can feel the sensation in your body of my energy has gone too low and we know what to do. That's the difference. So it's not that we don't have our humanity. It's that we catch ourselves hopefully sooner and we put ourselves back on track with the tools that we have. This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people like us. We get to explore new skills, deepen our existing passions, and get lost in the world of creativity. And I can't think of a better time than now to be able to do that. Now, I'm not saying we have to leave this quarantine having learned a new language or a new skill. What I'm saying is that now more than ever is an important time to connect with our creative community. Skillshare offers creative classes designed for real life and all the circumstances that come with it. It's always going to be the right time to stay inspired. It's always going to be the right time to be able to express yourself. And it's always going to be the right time to connect with a community of millions of like-minded people. Currently, I'm taking the Everyday Minimalism, Find Calm and Creativity in Living Simply, taught by Aaron Boyle. I've learned so much about creating a calm space. Now, for me, it's essential to create that space because I want my creativity to continue to flow easily and freely. And I love this about Skillshare. This is a membership with meaning. Skillshare believes in cultivating a strong community because they believe it's essential in times of hardship. So you're able to tap into the support of fellow creatives who are going to help provide encouragement, who are going to communicate with you and are going to help continue to support your own inspiration and your own desires in creating something new. I think utilizing Skillshare as a way to practice mindfulness has been such a huge key for me, my own mental state, my own mental wellness, and I really hope that you find the same value in your own experience. So to continue to explore your creativity and get two months of premium membership at Skillshare, go to Skillshare.com forward slash loved, that's L-O-V-E-D. And you get two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. So get started by joining today. Head over to Skillshare.com forward slash loved. And now back to our show. I want to see if, if you'd be willing to, um, to speak a little bit more and, and feel free to science us as much as you want. But this whole idea of restoring us back to health with regard to our brain function and brain health. Um, and you can speak about it in terms of, I know you've worked with a lot of uh, people with PTSD, a lot of uh, you know, people that have gone through really severe trauma. Um, so can you just give us a little bit of the dynamics, the scientific dynamics of that when it comes to brain function or, or physiology? Absolutely. So, I mean, first of all, there's a lot to say, so I'll just say a few choice, choice things, but <laughs> Basically, when we are under stress for long periods of time, and this could be just regular everyday stress, but large amounts of it, or 
post-traumatic stress where it's a shock to the system, either one of those is going to create a state where the body is under, um, is get under a state of more tension than relaxation, which means that stress hormones, which were meant to be in the system for a short period of time, are now in the system for a longer period of time. What begins to happen is that amount of stress hormone actually affects the brain. It actually can cause the brain to, sh to shrink in size, literally can cause the brain to shrink in size. Um, it can, and as a result, what happens is that the fear centers of our brain tend to become more activated. We tend to get um, more activated to stressful responses more easily. I think we all know this. And we become less resilient to stress. And this part of the brain, I'm pointing to the, the area right behind the forehead, it's called the prefrontal cortex, becomes thinner. Um, it becomes less strong. And it's almost like your inner parent is less able to soothe your wounded inner child. I'm going to call that your fear center, the amygdala. All right. So what happens is our fear, our, our insecurities, our worries, our incomplete past becomes what is running the show. And this prefrontal cortex is not strong enough to be able to say, hey, you're okay. That same trauma is no longer happening anymore. It's no longer able to manage the, the bumps and the bruises of everyday life. We just get thrown off into that fear center more easily. So what Yoga Nidra does, it's so amazing, is it has been shown that within 11 hours of practice, so after 11 hours of practice, you can actually measure changes in the thickness, the neural density of the prefrontal cortex. And what you'll see along with this is an increased ability to manage your stress, an increased ability to be able to self-soothe or even inhibit the stress response. So you'll find yourself in those same kinds of stressful situations, but you won't get triggered. And you'll just notice afterwards going, wait a minute, those things that used to stress me out don't anymore. That's because you've built a brain that's capable of handling the bumps that's capable of soothing this wounded inner child and being able to discriminate where there's a real danger or an imagined danger. So wow. that's one of the huge changes that it shows. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And how, how long would you say after your, how many times a week should be, how many times should we be practicing yoga nidra? How yeah. many times a week? And how long does it take for us to grow the brain back to its normal size? Yeah. So um, basically, if you want medical benefits, if you know that you, that if you feel some of these effects, you want to be practicing five days a week, at least five days a week for tw at minimum of 20 to all the way up to 40 minutes a day. It's less about time and more about consistency, mm -hmm. which is what I found. Um, so that's the first thing. And then you're going to see, you know, there are different parts of the brain that change at different rates. So we just talked about the prefrontal cortex, 11 hours. There's another part of the brain called the hippocampus. And this has to do specifically with mood and memory. People who have depression actually show um, a smaller hippocampus. But what has been shown is that yoga nidra um, mindfulness techniques will actually increase the size of the hippocampus in as little as eight weeks. So, and, and actually it's primarily through the release of serotonin. 
Yoga Nidra increases the release of serotonin. That serotonin is fertilizer for your hippocampus. The hippocampus is what's really what's affecting our mood and our memory. And that's a, a, what a lot of these SSRIs and et cetera are, are designed to work with. So, um, so that's another area. It's hard for me to say one amount of time because yeah. each part of the brain, you know, right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's just really, if, if somebody that's listening just wants an answer, it's like, just do it five times a week for 20 to 40 minutes a day. Yeah. For forever. Yeah. But even if you can't see, the thing is, I would say, you know, start off and just do three months really consistently. First thing is you're going to start to see the differences and you're going to feel like every time you don't go there, you're going to want to go there. So it will have enough momentum to make you go back. Mm -hmm. And the second is it's kind of like going to the gym. So after you've gotten to a certain level, you know, you can, you might not go as much to the gym, but you can kind of maintain um, so once you've gotten yourself to a certain place, you know, I, I see for myself, I don't always need the five times a week. I can get away with three times a week. And then I feel certain times like all this stuff coming up. I'm like, oh, go back to the five yeah. days a week. Um, so it will change, but try to get that first three months of consistency going. Yeah. Thank you. That's really great. And I, I hope that everybody that's listening and we'll, at the end of the episode, we'll go over tons of resources. Obviously you've got so, so many. So we'll be able to give people an actual takeaway that they can, they can go and practice and do. So one of the other things that you mentioned that I, I just want to backtrack a little bit is this idea of unprocessed emotions, things mm -hmm. incomplete. You know, you, you talk about this a lot. Um, can you just define that a little bit, what that looks like? What, what does it mean for our overall um, energetic field and the integration process that happens during yoga nidra. Yeah. So this is just my take on it. Everybody has a different opinion, but I really see incomplete uh, events or unprocessed events as in undischarged energy. So every experience that we have is accompanied by sensations and those sensations are really energies. And if an experience is too overwhelming, if we can't handle it at the time, if we had to put it away and we never came back to it, the energy of the event is not able to be processed. So what happens is the body, the nervous system, your mind, mental and emotional state, even though you have technically moved forward in time, you haven't, right? You're, the energy of that event is still running through the system as if the event is still in play, even though the event has passed in time. It's almost like a little piece of us remains frozen in time, mm. still circling, circuiting mm -hmm. around that event until it gets completed. And you can feel, I'm sure you know this yeah. from your experiences, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it's, it's wild. I mean, it's really wild. Exactly. And so really the beauty of Yoga Nidra is that you don't even have to know what it was. You don't have to go back and revisit the story because it's not about who did what or even the story. It's about the energy of the event that could not be processed at that time. So when we go into these deep states of yoga nidra, you're removing these very subtle resistances to that energy moving through and simply allowing what couldn't move through to move through the system in a very gentle way. I talk about it coming out in titrated doses because your body's intelligent. It's trying to release it through dreams too. So in a, in a very similar way, we're kind of doing the same thing, but at a deeper level, giving the body permission and giving it and trusting its intelligence to release 
and integrate what wasn't released in the amount and, um, and in the timing that's appropriate for each one of us. Yeah, no, I love that because I've, I've used that actually as an explanation for students that have had not great experiences during yoga nidra. Mm -hmm. They have a very visceral like experience where they have these visions of, you know, random things that maybe they haven't really experienced. Um, I'd love for you to speak to that because my explanation is exactly what you just said. You know, there's just, this is going to manifest in whatever form it needs to, to be able to exit your body to sort of uh, exercise itself out. But can you speak to that a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, you're, I think you're exactly, we're both saying exactly the same thing, but think of it this way. Your dreams are designed to clear you out psychically, right? But even beneath your dreams, there's a level of a lid that we have put on that we're like, I'm not going there. Right. But in yoga nidra, we actually, yoga nidra is said to be even deeper than sleep. It's working at a deeper level. So there's a chance for stuff that has been stuffed down and we've put a lid on that even dreams won't release that when we lift that lid off that stuff starts to get cleared out of the system and we're whatever comes out when whatever is clearing from our system we're going to see it on its way out and you're absolutely right people will say oh my god yoga nidra does terrible things it's not doing terrible things it's clearing out what was already in there mm. and to my way of thinking better out than in right because yeah. It's all that unconscious stuff that we don't know that's there that's actually affecting our conscious mind, the way that we're thinking and behaving and acting in life. Let's clear that out. Yeah. Well, and what would you say to a student that's experienced that and they maybe are afraid of going back and practicing? Yeah. Well, I think the very first thing is just understanding what you said, that yoga nidra is a powerful healing modality. It is going to, you know, you go into a massage, you know, your muscles are going to be sore. You go into a yoga nidra, you know that some psychic stuff that you don't need is going to be cleared out. So the very first thing I would say is um, better out than in, knowing that what's coming is coming to go, right? We don't need to dig into what it was. It was just like, okay, a whole huge load of trash just got taken out and let's leave it at that. Um, so I think that's the first, it's just the understanding is the very first level. And the second is, you know, I will tell people, you can talk to your body. You can say, you know, I, oh, I, you know, I, I don't want to release that much. I just want to release when I'm ready to release today. And you can tell the intelligence of your body, how much, you know, you can give it a gauge. Um, the other things that you can do to slow it down is just do the yoga nidra sitting up. So that will continue to help you clear the system, but it will slow the process down a little bit. Um, and I definitely recommend this like for people who have, um, you know, more active trauma or PTSD, mm-hmm. yeah. it just feels safer too. It slows yes. things down, but it helps you still clear. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I actually have had two students that had trauma uh, laying down. And so the initial was to do it sitting and it took about a year and both of them separate didn't know each other. And at the same time, it was very bizarre that after about a year, they both went into the lying down, which was so, it was really wild to experience. I was, I was very, uh, and to me, I'm like, it's the practice. It's the practice. The practice is doing this. It's working. And yeah, so I found that quite, quite fascinating. Thank you for, for elaborating on that. I've, I've been really curious to hear what a lot of, um, you know, uh, 
sage gurus like yourself have to say about that. So thank you. That's um, very sweet. <laughs> one, one other question just with regard to um, Senkulpa and setting intentions and being able to utilize Yoganidra as a fertile ground to plant seeds. Um, why is it so... I'm like, why does it work so well? <laughs> it's really the question. That I was trying to frame it in a way and I'm like, listen, here's the thing. Sankalpa, placing a powerful intention in Yoga Nidra works for me every time. So can you, can you speak to that a little bit? Totally. Yeah. So <clears throat> this takes us a little bit into energy anatomy, but I'll, I'll keep it as we simple love as it. I can. Okay. All right. We're good. So most of us, when we try to change something, even with an, an intention in the waking state, we're changing it from the level of the mind or the mental body. But what yogis would say is that there's something subtler. In psychology, we'd call it the unconscious mind. In yoga, we call it the bliss body, really, where things that are outside of our conscious awareness that are affecting the way that we think. So there's, there's something deeper than just our mental body. It's the core of our consciousness. So if you're trying to change something at the mind level only, like you could say yourself to yourself till the cows come home, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself. But if at the core of your consciousness, there's a very deeply held samskara belief, you could call it an impression, any, any of those wor words will work, that, well, I don't really love myself, it's going to be like an inner conflict, you know, so it'll be like, I love myself, and the deeper will say, no, you don't, yes, I do, no, I don't, no, you don't, and who usually wins is the core consciousness, because that is the core of who you really are, so the beauty of yoga nidra is that it's actually designed to work backwards through the koshas all the way into the core of your consciousness, and this is where we plant the seed, so the mind and the act, the workings of the mind is just an effect of this deeper cause, which is your core consciousness. In Yoga Nidra, when we plant this sankalpa, that's where we plant it as the seed, and then we let it affect the mind, the thoughts, the thinking, all those processes. That's the difference. Wow. Oh, so powerful. So I've, I've never heard it so beautifully articulated. That is so good. And that makes so much sense because... If you think about Sankalpa in, in general, right, just as, a, as the way it's, I don't want to use air quotes. I don't want to like, I don't think it's derogatory for anybody to ever try to, you know, set in a uh, Sankalpa, but Sankalpa to my understanding is uh, size of the highest, right? You're making a vow, Kalpa of the highest. And so it's something to be revered. It's something to be um, looked at as, doubtless something that is that is solid that is unwavering that you're committed to achieving but i feel like the mind has we we try to create that intention with the when we try to create it with the mind we're we're going to encounter all different kinds of obstacles right because we want to force something to happen we want to force the mind to diminish any doubt, any negativity, any old impressions. And we're, we're trying to like force our way in as opposed to letting a, set, a, a high vow, a vow that you're committed to completing or achieving from your heart where you're just in a sense planting the seed and allowing the divine to work her wonders or whatever it is, right? I mean, does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, <clears throat> when you said it's a vow, I mean, I like to think of it as your North Star, Right. So 
regardless of what your mind happens to be doing. Our, we're, we change our mind every day. You know, yeah. like we're up, we're down, we're in, we're out, we're enthusiastic, we're despairing. That's changing all the time. But this is something that's bigger than that. Regardless of what your mind is doing, what is your life about? What is the North Star that is guiding your life? And that has to be, by definition, deeper than your mind because your mind's always going to change. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. Well, I, I can obviously sit here and talk to you forever. I'm just going to have to do, I'm just going to have to have you on consistently. Like we should do this once a month, at least. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful for you. I want to be respectful of your time. I've got, um, two more questions and then, um, I will, I'll let you go. Okay. Um, I'll let you go. Sad. So, one thing that I, I want to just ask you, and again, you have so many different resources, but for the people that are listening to this podcast right now, and they have never practiced yoga nidra, and they maybe are listening to this, they're more inclined, they're understanding the science, they're hearing us talk about it. Um, what are three things that they can do right now to try to discover yoga nidra like what do they need to do what do they need to buy a certain mat or like do a certain thing like <laughs> i know that they don't have to do that but like what are three things that somebody who's who's nidra curious what do they need yes to well the first thing is that yoga nidra is a non-doing practice so it's usually guided um, so you do want to have it be something <clears throat> you can you know i'm sure you have yoga nidras i've got a yoga nidra app that people can find, I'm, I'm, we can share that. Um, and But you wanna find someone who you resonate with, who is going to guide you through the process of yoga nidra. So the less that you do, the less you have to think about, the more it's gonna reach you into the core of your consciousness. So find someone to guide you. Um, the I Am Yoga Nidra app, you can just look up I Am Yoga Nidra. You can look up my name on either your app store or your Android. Um, I have someone free on YouTube. Um, so find just one that resonates with you. That's what I would say. The other is, you know, there's, there's no time, you know, just when you can do it. Don't tell yourself like, oh, I have to have my special yoga nidra space. Or if you can, if you're going to do it in bed, do it in bed. Just take the pillow from under your head, put it under your knees and go into the nidra. You know, if, if you keep delaying it, you'll never get there. So just do it when you can. So those would be my two advices. Okay. Cool. I like that. That's great. Totally doable. Everybody that's listening to this is definitely going to go and try it. And you have tons of resources. And one of the last things that I, I just want to um, just ask you and, and you can share your thoughts, but um, you know, we are in a state of a lot of uncertainty right now. A lot of people are in a deep state of fear. They're anxious. They you know, we're, we don't know what's going on. And even those of us that have strong rooted practices where we can find certainty within ourselves, there's still a great deal of people who even with those tools feel completely ungrounded and uncertain. What, what advice would you give them? What's something that you would say to them to, to give them some solace? Yeah. So what came to mind is, you know, look, we've been practicing for this our whole lives. This is what the yoga, the yoga, the yoga nidra, all these teachings, this has all been practiced for this moment. 
and um, you know we've been able to practice on our yoga mats in comfortable laboratory situations where you know when we're done with a pose we can get out but now we have been put in a psychic pose the whole world's been put in a pose where we don't have the choice to get out at least not right now um, and so it is going to be uncomfortable um, and we are going to want to get out but we do have those tools you know and that's what we've been training for our whole lives so don't forget this is the time that it's not that you don't have it it's we need to remember it and now is the time to remember what we have already received and to practice it so our tendency will be to go to that fear center right and freak out and it's like nope i've got a prefrontal cortex <laughs> that you have built and you know what to do you know the practices go back to it and keep putting your attention on what it is that you want to build. So remember, where attention goes, energy flows. Whatever it is that you want to build in your life, if it's peace, do practices that build peace. If it's calm, do practices that build calm. Build conversations that build that within you. So, you know, freaking out isn't going to build calm. You know, getting into worry and speculation isn't going to build calm. So even watch the, the outer and the inner conversations and what are they moving me towards? Are they moving you towards your North Star that you want to create during this time? Wow. That's, thank you so much. What great, great advice for all of us. We all, we all need to hear that and we all need to be reminded, right? It's the, the adage, we, we practice because we forget, Right. And I, I am just, I love that so much. Um, okay. Thank you so much for those Thank the, you. People, the people that are listening or watching this on YouTube. Where can they go for more information if they want to reach you or uh, get any of, of the yoga nidras that you just mentioned? Yeah. So my website, comedydesai.com, uh, my app, uh, I am yoga nidra. I am and then Yoga Nidra. You can find them on your app store. And then just search my name on YouTube. You'll find plenty of, of resources there as well. Yeah. And we will place all of those links, uh, including the app on the info button. If you're listening to this on Apple iTunes, you'll see all of the links to uh, get in, in contact with Kamini and all of her incredible resources for us. And um, also, should have just said that in the beginning. I'll have to edit this out. Um, so all of that info will be in the info button. If you're listening to this in Apple iTunes, just go to the info button. All of the links that Comedy just mentioned will be there. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you go to the comments below, all of those links will be there as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I have one final question. I know I said I only had two, but I got one more. One more. I'm in. <laughs> so I created this podcast as a way for people to come together, to get inspired, to feel supported, to cultivate community. And it's all from the idea, the belief that we are all radically loved and radically supported by God, source, whatever higher power of your understanding, that the universe works for us and not against us. And so the final question to you is, how do you feel radically loved? Oh, I love that. Well, you know, there's a moment at the end of the yoga nidra where I roll over on my side and the words are, feel yourself held in the safety comfort and protection of the womb of existence. So to me, yoga nidra is 
resting in that womb of existence and knowing that we are and always have been loved, supported, and carried. Thank you so much. Wow. That is beautiful. I'm, I'm so grateful for all the work that you do, that you continue to do, that you are sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with us. I'm, I'm so, so grateful. And, and thank you so, so much for being here and for doing this. I look forward to staying connected and I can't wait to have you on the show again. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you. I look forward to it. Everybody, if you're listening to this, share it with a friend, maybe somebody that you think would find a lot of value in everything that was talked about today. If you enjoyed this particular episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Share it with your friends. We really, really appreciate it. It helps us continue to do what we do. Thank you all so much for being here. You, the listener, remember that you're radically loved. We love you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next week. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.